I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago street course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Ridiculous News is a production of iHeartRadio and Cool 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 Audio. With amazing and crazy topics to pick and to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. With interesting views on breaking the rules of broadcasting and all sorts of wild reports to keep us laughing. With funny off-brand, upbeat journalism, the strange and unusual stories of what we give them. When it's all about ridiculous news everywhere, we talking about ridiculous news over here. Hey everyone, welcome to Ridiculous News, not your average news show. We cover stuff you didn't realize was news, from the wild and funny, to the deep and hidden, to the absolutely ridiculous. I'm Bill Worley, an Atlanta-based filmmaker and comedian, and after this episode, I'm also planning on dancing at home every day, every chance I get, not just in the shower. And I'm Mark Kendall, and I made a fantastic breakfast sandwich this morning. Ooh, that sounds delicious. I felt like bragging. I felt like bragging. Man, that makes me want to make breakfast sandwiches, Mark. There's some turkey bacon in that sandwich. I sliced up some tomatoes. I put that in oh. that sandwich. I took some mixed greens, put that in that sandwich. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You, you, I had a protteen shake. <laughs> that's that's also a valid breakfast. Don't, don't, don't BS me, it Mark. It wasn't as good as my no, breakfast it sandwich. No, it, it wasn't, wasn't as good. Yeah. Well, today is a deep dive episode about dance and movement featuring a very special guest, India Childs. Um, India is a dancer and choreographer based out of Atlanta, Georgia, and just a wonderful human being. And she has a new show, uh, Sun Ra, premiering in April here in Atlanta, Georgia. And we'll be talking to her about her work, her influences, um, all kinds of cool stuff. It's going to be great. Now for some ridiculous news nibbles. To start things off, we'll be sharing some quick, ridiculous stories about dance that we found over the past couple years. Yeah, doctors in England are actually being given permission to prescribe patients social activities, such as dance classes, to tackle loneliness. Um, General practitioners in England um, have been... Uh, working with the 200,000 older people that have not had a conversation with a friend or a relative in over a month. One of the saddest sentences that I've read in a while, but uh, many general practitioners, um, by prescribing these social activities, have seen a turnaround in these patients. Yeah, it, it makes a, a lot of sense, too. You know, just like that, that form of connection can really, like, wake you up, you know, no matter what your age 
Yes, exactly. And I think uh, uh, the the prime minister said the strategy is only the beginning of delivering a long and far-reaching social change in our country, but it's a vital first step and a national mission to end loneliness in our lifetimes. Wow, what a what a mission! End loneliness in our lifetimes. I think that is a great. That's a great mission because you never. I mean, I don't know. You don't really hear people talk about loneliness. Yeah, yeah. You know, I try to end loneliness by just talking to everybody I meet. <laughs> Even if, if they sometimes don't, it's a very that's very southern of you, Bill. Uh, like it is, it is. It's you know? southern, probably overwhelming for some, <laughs> uh, but I'll keep it short if they're getting too overwhelmed. Uh, I got a similar uh, headline to share with you, Bill. So right. uh, this headline is a daytime disco for over sixty-five year olds in uh, the Korean capital of Seoul is giving seniors a new lease of life. Uh, the event is the first of its kind, uh, organized by the local government and aims to tackle loneliness and dementia in the rapidly aging country. Hmm. Yeah. And so uh, so it's like this daytime disco, and, and it's having, uh, and this is back from uh, 2019, but uh, the, the story and the quotes from it show how it's having a real positive impact uh, in, in, in folks' lives. So at the time, this was the event was the first of its kind, and, um, and an unnamed attendee, uh, said that this club is like medicine to me because my body is healed and my face brightens. Man, yeah, I have been in Seoul before in Korea, and it's a beautiful city. And there are a lot of older folks doing, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. Like when I say that, like uh, uh, martial arts and things outside and, and doing different exercises. And uh, it's so nice to, well, I mean, just 65-year-old disco. And also it makes me think, is disco, is that when disco was around? Is the people that listen to disco during disco times, they're now 65? Uh, I guess so, I guess right? so. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and also, I mean, honestly, a daytime disco in particular sounds great. You know, because yeah. I, I, I enjoy the energy of a club or a dance club. Uh, and sometimes like being out until late at night is great. But I'm also sometimes like, why can't we have that energy in the daytime? Amen. I mean, here's the pitch. It's just like you have a daytime club where it's okay. just like you have a lunch break and you go to a dance club energy. Nice. For like 15, 30 minutes, dance it out, go back to work. I see because that sounds great. Right now when I hear that, I think it's a workout. I think mm-hmm. it's a fitness. You're dancing and you're on the cycle or whatever it is. Nah. We don't need that. Don't need we, that. We, need, we need some lights. Yeah. We need some loud. How about Beck? I love Beck. <laughs> Playing some loser baby yeah. and then just get those moves. And, you know, when we're when I'm 65, Mark, mm-hmm. I wonder if it is it going to be like Blink-182. I know. And, it be like, I mean, I'm sure Cisco and the Thong song. <laughs> I feel like that is the song of my generation for better or for best. Yeah, definitely a good thing. Yeah. Well, uh, here's another one. There's a, a, a about dancing. There's a Canadian man who was fined for loudly singing Everybody Dance Now. Um, a Canadian man is, uh, he's actually contesting this 149 equivalent in U.S. dollars ticket uh, for, quote, screaming in a public place after being caught singing in his car. Wow. The tune that got him grooving and in trouble was the classic CNC Music Factory 90 smash hit, Gonna Make You Sweat. Everybody dance now. Um, this gentleman's name, who I think is Tofik Moala, he was 38, was driving near a suburban Montreal home on the 27th of September when police pulled him over. They asked him for identification <laughs> and whether he had been screaming. Oh, man. And this is from him. He said, 
quote, he, he's, I, I told him, no, I was singing. Uh, I was singing the refrain, everybody dance now, but it wasn't loud enough to disturb <laughs> anyone. And I like that he told the police that directly. Mm-hmm. Um, this Montreal man, he'd been on his way to the grocery store to buy some water. Police, uh, someone came on. This next sentence makes me think of overreach a little bit. Police checked the inside of his car along with his license and registration. Now, did they find any uh, dancing inside of his car? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but they handed uh, back his documents along with uh, the fine. Dang. He said, uh, he ended it by saying, uh, quote, I understand if they're doing their job, they're allowed to check if everything's okay, if I kidnap someone or if there's danger inside, but I would never expect them to give me a ticket for that. Listen, I don't know what time of night it was. Right. I don't know how loud right. they were. I don't, know how, saying, yeah. I don't know how well they were singing. But I mean, I got to say for me personally, I was walking down the street and I heard someone going, everybody dance now. I'd be like, man, you do, you do your thing. Yeah, you know, I, like, I, I had a loud, I was one of those annoying kids <laughs> at 16 and I had an Acura Integra two-door coupe, loved that mm-hmm. car, and I had two 10-inch subwoofers in the back because I thought that was cool. They were super cheap. We got them at Sam's, played them way too loud. And people would complain to my parents about it. And, you know, I never, I, maybe I did drive fast. I didn't think I drove fast in the neighborhood. Um, but people, when he's got his loud music going, I'd be listening to, you know, AT Aliens or whatever. And to this day, I'm like, well, what about your neighbor who's mowing his lawn? You know, that's loud for like 30 minutes or blowing his leaves. I'm driving by and you're hearing some spodiopidopolicious, you know, and you get a little bit of joy for 30 seconds and you got to tell my parents about it. I don't know. I, I also listen to my music loud. I remember at the end of college, I had two great college roommates and I, and I remember asking them at the end of college, like, hey, you know, what was it like? Is, did I do anything that bugged you over the past two years? Just out of curiosity. I was just curious. Yeah. And one of them was like, you know, you do play your music pretty loud. They were very nice about it. Wow. But I'm like, oh, I guess I'm someone that plays my music loud. Never realized it. So, so did you all have like separate rooms? We in these separate situations? rooms. It wasn't a, we shared an apartment and I had like, I had a room situation and I guess I played what the were music you, loud. What were you playing? I was playing a lot of the time. Uh, Morris okay. Day in the Time. Okay, nice. Uh, I know that when that would be, I'd turn that up really loud. Ha! Um, like I know, I, like I have memories of listening to Morris Day in the Time and turning that up loud. As far as what else I was listening to, I mean, any number of stuff. But right. I just, I have specific memories of playing that. So maybe that's what I was blasting. Really maybe, maybe they were just kind of... <laughs> no, they, they, were great. they were really nice about it. It's like, hey, it's cool that you play it loud, but you do play it loud. And I was like, oh, hmm. okay, good enough. Turn up your music, man. <laughs> Uh, Oh, okay. I got another headline for you. So a New York City woman's coffee table was discovered to be a part of a dance floor from ancient Roman emperor Caligula's party yacht. Wow. Yeah. So this is um, so a geometric mosaic from one of uh, one of Roman Emperor Caligula's lavish party ships was being used by a New York City art dealer as a coffee table in her Park Avenue residence. Uh, And this was reported by The Guardian. And uh, I, that wow. sounds like really cool. It does. Uh, yeah. It really just sounds neat. Yeah, yeah. Like so, a cool coffee table. Yeah, it, it was discovered, I guess. So I guess, so this New York art dealer was going through a book and it's like, oh, I own that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow. and then the mosaic was, apparently the mosaic was commissioned by Roman Emperor Caligula for one of his uh, large party ships. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't know that there were party ships. I mean, of course it makes sense. Yeah. But I, I didn't realize that it went back 
so many centuries before. I didn't either. There's like cruise party ships in Roman times. Apparently, I, I'm yeah. aware. Whenever I think of Roman ships, I just think of like them beating the drum and everybody having to paddle. Right, right. I don't picture, you know, the the bocce ball court or, you know, the all-night buffet of <laughs> cruise lines today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so strange. And Caligula had a reputation, so who knows what happened on that tile. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of things could have happened. Yeah, and so I guess, you know, this was a piece that had been stolen at one point in time. Wow, okay. And moved around. Um, wow. that, that was my understanding. And eventually it was returned to the museum. I wonder, did they get paid for it? It doesn't seem like it says. When I read the article, it didn't seem to say. Mm. And I'm kind of curious about that. I guess if... I don't know how that works, right? right? But but I guess my understanding in reading the the story was that they discovered that like oh the last place that it was was this museum, and mm. so you just need to return it. Wow! But you would think, I mean, like I don't know. Yeah, there should be some money involved. That's what that's what one might that's what one would think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I, I that my dream is to find you know an ancient Leonardo, Da Vinci. Um, painting in my basement is not there, Mark. But Hey, well, I mean, we don't know yet. That's true. You don't, we don't know Maybe yet. Maybe it's buried in my backyard yeah. somewhere. Yeah. You know, instead of all the transmissions that yeah. I find back there. <laughs> <laughs> I, as, a, as a kid, I used to be really, like, enamored with the idea of just, like, digging in that backyard. Who knows? Maybe you'll find dinosaur bones. You know? Yeah. That was always yeah. really exciting. We're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. With amazing and crazy topics for picking to choose, you are now tuned in to Ridiculous News. All right, y'all. So very excited because now we get to introduce our very special guest, 
uh, India Childs. Yay! Uh, India Childs is a dancer and choreographer that hails from Atlanta, Georgia. India began her dance training at Price Performing Arts Center and the Atlanta Ballet. India holds a BA in dance from Kennesaw State University. And in 20, 2015, was named to 25 to Watch by Dance Magazine. That's amazing. Uh, she also attended the Hubbard Street Professional Program under the direction of uh, Alexandra Wells. Uh, India danced professionally with uh, uh, Bell Ethnic Dance Company, T. Lang Dance, and Abby Z and the New Utility. Uh, in 2020, uh, India founded the Peace, Love, and Dance Project, uh, PLD Project, in response to the many difficult events that were arising in the U.S., including the murders of Black Americans uh, due, po- due to police brutality, uh, the COVID-19 pa- pandemic, performing artists out of work, and more. Uh, the PLD Project aims to create a safe space for artists to create intentional work that brings awareness to important societal topics through conversation, dance, film, art, and more. A round of applause, y'all. Welcome. Hooray! Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you all. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, when we have guests, we love to start off with a fun, uh, lighthearted game we call Giving Them Their Flowers. Uh, so <laughs> it's just the moment where Bill and I just take a quick moment uh, to give you a quick compliment. Um, so, India, I'll, I'll start. Uh, we know each other uh, through the Emory Arts and Social Justice Program, mm-hmm. where we were both artist fellows the year before. Uh, it's a chance where Atlanta area artists get to collaborate with different departments within the Emory University system uh, to create works of art with the students. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the way the program works, the artist fellows are not working with other artist fellows. You're, you're paired with professors. Mm-hmm. So throughout the program, you know, we might have seen each other on a Zoom, but it's not like we were working together. So I show up at the end of the semester and I see this amazing video that you have directed where you've gotten these students, mm-hmm. some of whom have dance background, but many do not. Mm-hmm. And you have put together and created this really wonderful, inspiring dance piece. And it was amazing. And it was really cool seeing how uh, movement, you know, uh, how it can just be used in so many different ways. Mm-hmm is a powerful piece of art, but also a way to like address issues of social justice. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that piece of work. It was very impressive. Oh, thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. It <laughs> was until yes and that I was at that event to watch that amazing video and it was very, very cool to watch. And, you know, India, I don't know you nearly as well as Mark does, mm-hmm. but I would just say the couple of times that we have met, you just have such a great charm and presence and instantly like make you make you make people feel special and you also made me feel relaxed. Oh. Both times I've run into you, and uh, I wish that the audience could be here in the room with you because I think they'd feel better about things. So thank you so much for oh. bringing that vibe and energy. My yeah. day is like, woo. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so good now. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, India, this is kind of like a very, you know, open question. So mm. answer however you like. But, you know, just in what I've observed from you as a dancer, choreographer, also as an educator, could you kind of tell us a little bit more about how you got into dance and like kind of what you do now with movement. Mm. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you for the flowers. Oh, yeah. They smell so good, y'all. <laughs> they, they smell good. <laughs> um, yeah. So, oh, gosh, um, I've been dancing for as long as I can remember. I I just found dance to be my go, go-to go thing when I, um, I don't know, it was like the friend that always was there for that could just hug me. Um, I think... Um, I've always been a a busybody. I think music has always been something that I just have gravitated towards. So movement just kind of came natural to me. Um, 
And yeah, I think now to fast forward to where I am, um, I am really into um, deconstructing things, I think. Um, so I've, I've trained in ballet, contemporary, um, jazz, many different styles, um, and just absorbed all the information. But I think now I'm really interested in um, how do we just deconstruct a bunch of things and then try to put it back together? And what does that look like? I think um, right now I am deconstructing what performance is. I think mm-hmm. that um, as artists, you know, and through our training, we're taught to be very performative. Almost for me, it feels very robotic mm-hmm. where we have to like um, kind of put on this um, air about ourselves that like we're these professional dancers and we um, are vessels for people to just pour into and we can just create, uh, we can just turn into a character, whatever the choreographer want us, wants us to be. And I think, um, sometimes that you can kind of lose yourself as an artist from mm. that because you're constantly having to um, kind of shift and mold to what the choreography is, which is beautiful too. But I think I'm more interested in what is the who who the person is and how um, it's more of a collaborative space where the artist is. Um, there's no hierarchical thing in in the space where I am the choreographer and then this person is the dancer um, and my the, all the deals come from me. I think that it's just this open door of conversation where um, the artist is just as important as, as my voice, uh, their voice is just as important. So yeah, I think that um, that's kind of where I am now, where um, when we perform also too, I encourage them to use their voice, which as dancers, um, we kind of like always feel things through our bodies and mm-hmm. we just move in that way. But I also encourage them to also feel things fully where they can um, shout, they can, they can, I encourage each other. Their voice is also allowed in the space. So I encourage them just to be fully into the work, um, which I think is really fun and challenging because I, I know that some of the artists are like, oh, we have to we have to use a voice now. <laughs> oh, we have to talk now. Oh, you know. Um, but that's that's fun because, again, it's like um, let's use this rehearsal space as um, not. In a, I mean, it can be therapy, too, but as a space just to constantly discover ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think that as artists or as dance artists, our our art is very interesting where it doesn't quite live as long as music and, and mm. a painting. You can look at that for years and years. Um, ours be, being a live performance, I guess theater too, it's like it's it's in the moment and that's it. Mm. So I'm thinking how can we create this moment um that that is that that can live that can linger in the air beyond this process. Um and yeah, so I'm I'm really into into that part of what dance is is how do we bring outside issues, questions into the studio space, and also play with how we respond to them or or just think about them in our bodies, um, too. So yeah, I think that's where I am now with dance. But it's been a whole journey to get to this place. I think it came from the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, from why I I have gotten to this place because I I it's funny I wasn't going on this path before. I I never had any um I didn't have a passion of choreography. I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to choreograph. I oh, wanted really? to just yeah. I really just mm-hmm. wanted to dance oh. for forever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah. Um but I think when the pandemic happened, um things just shifted for me and I just found a voice that I or I found a subject matter that I wanted to I've always wanted to just put on the stage. Um mm-hmm. and I kind of just ran with it. So now I'm just in that world. So it's kind of fun to see like, oh I'm evolving. Like <laughs> I'm involved with the times. That's so great. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about like deconstructing mm. some something, can you talk a little bit more about like how that might look depending on what it is you're deconstructing? So you meant it, mentioned deconstructing performance, but mm. you 
you know, also mentioned how you studied all these different forms mm -hmm. of dance and now you're deconstructing them. So like, for example, you don't have to use this example, but like sure. if you were to deconstruct like jazz dance or something mm -hmm. like that, like, is there, is there an approach you take, I guess, to deconstructing something and yeah. what that, what that means? I guess. No, that's a great question. I think that, um, um, as far as the performance aspect of it, I think that, um, I don't know. I just realized some things need to be challenged in the space. I think some things that we just kind of deem as law, um, we don't really touch. But I think it's like, why can't we touch that? And why can't we um, reconfigure that? So when it comes to performance uh, in that in that sense, um, it's it's uh, I invite ritual practice, I think, into the space too, whatever that looks like, um, as far as what the dancers and I create in that moment, what feels appropriate. Um, for us. And so, for example, like, you know, you go to a, 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 tr a traditional performance, it's um, the audience is quiet, the lights come up, you know, they just walk out, perform, they bow, that's it. Um, for myself, I like for the artist to come out first, stand in a circle, um, breathe together, talk to each other, uh, squeeze each other, give each other um, affirmations and just check in on stage in front of the audience. Um, and then when they feel ready, they walk out and they walk to their spots and then the, then the movement can start. Or I guess it actually starts right from that moment. That's performance there where mm. we're inviting you into like, hey, this is a practice of of grounding yourself, connecting with this community that we've built within the work and then inviting you into this world that we've created. And then the piece kind of just keeps growing from there. Um, and I think it's just it's just very lovely, you know, that that we're just inviting that because we do that in rehearsal anyway let's put it on the stage and show that um and as far as the movement goes i pull from everything everything that i know i don't leave out any parts of me when i'm building uh, movement so like we're saying like different genres that i've studied i pull from that and and i allow them to um balance off of each other ballet a ballet step knocking against a jazz step knocking against the african african step they're just living in the same world which mm -hmm. kind of how that's kind of how you imagine movement where you go to a show you don't have to it'll be a ballet piece and it'll be an african piece it'll be a jazz piece there's no hierarchical thing there they're all you know they all live on the same same bill same world um so yeah i think with the movement um I think it's fun, too, because it challenges me to, to say, what what do I want to bring in to the work? And I also get inspired by who's in the room, what their mm -hmm. training is and, and what they bring. So it constantly shifts and and and, um, and just changes. So I, that's why I kind of give the umbrella of contemporary gotcha. <laughs> movement, because it's like it's just in the moment what it is. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of it. That's <laughs> interesting. You know, thinking about Mark and I are both improvisers. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about the grounding and the circle and uh, before performance that a lot of improvisers do that and we'll get in a circle. <laughs> like you can tell improvisers what they're all standing in a circle is a saying, but we'll, we'll play games and warm up. And, and something that you said that I think is, is that physical contact, mm. especially when you're performing with your um, scene partners on stage is so important to have that trust mm -hmm. there. Um, and I wonder, you know, if like the audience seeing that sees that trust mm -hmm. and that connection. And do you feel like that helps them connect more to the dancers? Is that part of what you're accomplishing with that? Yeah, actually, um, 
I it's funny that I think now that I am deconstructing things, I I kind of lost the sense of what the audience or I I stopped creating for the audience. If that mm-hmm. makes sense, meaning that like I I want to impress the audience with something, or I want them to go, "Wow, that was amazing!" Like you know, like or or and I think in that frame too, when you kind of have that, like I want I want this to be for the audience as far as a performative like demonstrative kind of way um you kind of lose the essence of things the little nuances the little the little quirks about people because you're so stuck on what's the step what's the step mm-hmm. so i think um yeah i i i think immediately it just when i watch the work um and when i get feedback from other artists or people that or people that watch the audience members i think that it just kind of just sucks them in more um and also too usually i kind of speak before the work and i say um I call the artists spiritual engines where they're constantly churning energy in their bodies and um, we would charge our, ourselves with other bodies in the space. So the movement is very rigorous and it's intense. Um, so there's moments that I, I think that's also a ritual practice in this like kind of trance dance where you get so exhausted where you need to lean on someone else for their energy. And it's a it's it's a it's a it's more of a um, transfer of energy going back and forth as opposed to just a kind of a leech to sucking energy out. Um mm. So I call for the audience to also do that too, where they become a spirit. I invite them to, to, to become spiritual engines too, where they're throwing the energy back out to the to the performers. They can clap if they want to. They can stand up. They can use their voice also too. And it is it it breaks the all the walls that we have put mm-hmm. up. You know where um you know I invite the dancers to actually see the audience. They can look at them. They can clap. They can encourage them to do things because it's really about I I'm pulling from um, traditional African dance where. Um, it is very communal. They're, they're, when you're when you're dancing, um, no one in the room is still. It's almost mm-hmm. like it's almost like a it's almost like a hey, why are you not moving? You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of moment. If you're just kind of standing there watching an African dance performance, it's like everyone in the space is throwing energy out. So I encourage the audience to also deconstruct performance too by clapping and shouting, woo, all that kind of stuff like that. Because yeah. um, it's just fun. I think I think it's fun, and I think it's it's a a form of healing. I think. From my perspective, um, the dancers might have other ideas, but yeah, I think it's just a form of healing for me when I watch it. So, yeah, that's yeah, it's pretty great. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I th- that healing. It's funny you say that. It reminds the person standing not moving seems like me at a dance party <laughs> sometimes, or at a wedding, or whatever, or there's dancing. And I know this is slightly switching gears, but I, when I when I think about dancing and I think about what you're talking about, losing yourself in it, you know, there's there's when I'm I'm, I'm of course not a professional dancer or anything like that, but I'd say my opportunities to dance are like clubs or weddings or whatever. Um, you know, do you have advice for someone who has a hard time, you know, cutting loose to that music mm-hmm. or like someone that's standing on the outside? I, I, just from hearing what you said, mm-hmm. it's like letting the energy of the other people overtake you. Mm-hmm. And I do have those moments, but mm-hmm. just wondering if you have any words for folks that feel that way. Yeah. And thanks for sharing that too. Cause I think that um, it isn't like a hard, like you got to get into the space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like um, it, it's, it is an invitation. I mean, you can take it. Or you don't have to um, because I think being active in the space can look differently with different people. Um, mm-hmm. Movement can be, you know, of the eyes, like a simple head nod, a simple uh, sidestep, um, a movement of a finger. It can, it can mean whatever you want to offer into the space in, in, in the moment. Um, but I guess, um, yeah, I think the advice would be or, or just the offering, I guess, would be um, is to do what feels right. I think um, that's one thing that I, I, I don't encourage is don't be don't don't uh, be authentic 
be authentic mm-hmm. with, with with what's mm-hmm. right. So um, don't feel like you there's pressure there. I think that even when I invite the audience in, it's it isn't like you must do this or you're not a part of this work um, because um, you know I to, to kind of shift gears too when you think of like activism as far as like what we did with Emory. Um, that can all look different. That can that can look differently in in mm. the space. You could be on the front lines at a protest. Um, you could be writing things. You can be simply sharing a post. You know, there's different ways to do things. So I think that's kind of the, the movement part of of dance too. It's it's you can give to the space what you feel is um, right in the moment and trust that you're invited into the space and you can and you can give what you want. And I guess what I'm thinking of is like keep your heart warm if that makes sense you don't have to stand you know far far away thinking that hey, i am not a dancer we're all dancers yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got more ridiculous news to cover but before we do let's take a quick break from bbc radio 4 britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip i thought in that moment oh my god we've summoned something from this board this is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work. Don't get it confused. You are now tuned in to ridiculous news. So, India, you have a new show coming out mm-hmm. soon, April, I believe. Yes. Uh, called Sun Ra. Mm-hmm. So this is an Afrofuturist movement piece, and um, I remember it was towards the end of last year. Actually, I think you were in the earlier stages mm-hmm. of developing the show, and you had talked about you know, doing an Afrofuturist show. And I was like, an Afrofuturist movie piece? That's amazing. You know, like, I was like, this is great. And then when I saw you were actually doing the show, I was like, whoa, this is amazing. So, but, you know, when someone says that show's an Afrofuturist show or they say Afrofuturism, like, could you talk a little bit about, like, what that means to you or what that genre means to you, if you even call it a genre? Like, can you talk about some of that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I think that the reason behind this, that I wanted to create this work, Sun Ra, um, and have this Afrofuturistic feel, was it comes from kind of the previous work that I did, Tokoliana, which uh, means we are devouring each other in Lingala. And it's a, that work was kind of a step into, like, 
what my voice is or how I want to choreograph and the subject matter that I want to get into. Um, and I was really playing with joy again. Like I'm, I'm really, I, I, I'm kind of on the study of what joy is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess black joy really like what, what that is um, and the complexities with that. So, yeah, I love that. So, you, so you mentioned like black joy and can you perhaps like tie, what is it about black joy or communicating black joy with Afrofuturism or mm-hmm. like, or like, I guess like what Afrofuturism means to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when it comes to black joy and, and Afrofuturism, I think the, the idea is that um, the play in that is that we can reimagine um, our history, our present and our future, most importantly. Um, and, and basically tell it through our lenses and through our eyes and, 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 kind of let go of what has been taught and kind of give ourselves the beginning that we deserve and not start as, okay, we're a human shadow. We came on, you know, this is how we got here in 1619. Um, There's more, there's more, there's more to us. There's, there's, we have bright futures. And I think um, I really got this idea because um, like in sci-fi works or like comics, things like that, Mm -hmm. you don't really see much black characters like, you know, especially during the time that I was reading this, uh, this article, uh, 1993, I think it was, or something like that. Um, um, I think it was Mark, um, Mark Derry. Yeah, Mark mm-hmm. Derry um, with Black to the Future and, and how he kind of coined that term. Um, and yeah, they're talking about like, you know, that's it's it's not really seen. And I think that what I got from that was, you know, is it because we can't see our future? You know, is it because that we, um, or is it because we're not supposed to have a future? I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions that came on onto the, onto the table. And so um, that's why I love seeing works like Lovecraft Country and like mm-hmm. um, Black Panther and things like that, that can reimagine what, who we are, you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I wanted to create a work like that. And also watching Sun Ra's film Space is the Place, which is completely uh, incredible. I, I feel like he really was ahead of his time. Like he, Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about like, Sun Ra, uh, who he is mm. as an artist and like, or I guess like who he is to you mm-hmm. and, and how you came across, how you came across him. Originally. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, it came across a, a couple of years ago. I I just watched a film and um, um, there were just some texts that he, that, that, that was just said in the film that kind of just kind of went away. And I was like, who, who is this Sun Ra? Who is this person? Mm-hmm. And I started doing my own research on it and um, it kind of came back when I started trying to create, create a new work. Um, yeah, I just think that he's just a very incredible human being. Um, and to hear a story of how, you know, um, he, um, created his work, you know, where he was, um, abducted by aliens. And then he, um, was given this mission that he says of, of, of helping change the world. Right. The first kind of like initially how he kind of said it was that, um, his purpose was to save black people, right? Save people and 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 kind of, you know, take them to a place where we can feel safe and get away from oppression, away from what was happening in the world. Um, and then I think later on, as he's kept, you know, creating work as far as music, uh, and, that, and that that was his vessel, that was his tool to reach people with his music. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think eventually as as he kind of continued on, he was like, I gotta save everyone. I gotta save this whole planet. This whole planet is just shitty. You know what <laughs> I mean? Um, so it came a, a broader kind of... Um, kind of way that his message that, that, that his music was used and I, I just love that I think that he was just uh, again like I said ahead of his time and um, I love that he was telling people who he was and, and self-identifying you know like this is who I am this is I am from Saturn and you can't tell me otherwise and uh, my mission is this you know what I mean and I'm doing this through my music 
And um, he would just go on, like, I guess for me, it was like a music high where he could just write and, and compose and, and create music with his, with his orchestra, which I love that he says that, um, <laughs> not orchestra, but orchestra, um, <laughs> and, um, and just work, 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 and just put out these beautiful works, you know, of, of like, um, I guess what you can call now sci-fi sounds, you know, and, and just uh, uh, otherworldly music and basically saying there's another world outside of this world. And um, that's where we need to be. Space is the place, you know, we must leave here and go somewhere else. Um, and yeah, that kind of kind of that whole sci fi feel, which I really, really loved. And so even in the work that I'm creating now, I collaborated with a with a um, with an artist from West Philly. Um, they can be described as a um, Afrofuturistic metal bender, which I love. <laughs> so they design head crests that go on the head um, and they have these special combs that only uh, are designed for people of colors here for our coils and our curls <laughs> um and they just slide right in there um and then they kind of dangle right here on on the forehead um and yeah so they're they're gonna be the artists are gonna be also wearing that so yeah it's it's just this work is really just to reimagine our future and it comes into again what's happening in the world now where the future is now. So it's placed in, it's it's not, I guess, how I'm approaching it, where it's, I don't want to think of this as, as a far off way for our future that we can't experience in this moment. I want this to be like, this is actually tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what we're creating right now, this is how we're going to look tomorrow. India, it's been so great talking with you. And uh, we really appreciate, you know, mm-hmm. you sharing with us. It's, it's been so great. Um, to kind of like wrap things up, uh, could you please like, plug your show as well as anything you got going on that you want people to know about. Sure, sure. And thank you all for having me. This oh, has been oh, yeah. so thank exciting. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah we've learned so much. Yeah. I, I'm going to go and dance. You, you know, it's yes. as you were talking about this, I'm like, I, I, I am always happier when I dance. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, and I shouldn't say I'm not a good dancer because like you said, everyone has it in them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I am going to go away from this and, and increase the amount of that in my life yes. very much. Yes, just like get some music. You can close the doors, you know, yeah. in your room and just like, mm, mm, yes, mm, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I don't listen to so much rave music, but maybe today. I'm, I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, like, just that. Those like, beats, yeah, I'm just like. Yeah, exactly. Why did that song? Yeah, yeah. I just have like, you know, some lights going. Like, all right, this is the experience. Yeah. This is the way to get back into dance. Just really throw yourself in there in a rave. Yeah, so um, there's a dance collective here in Atlanta, Georgia, called Fly on a Wall. And they put on a show case called um, Excuse the Art, uh, ETA program. And it is a place for artists, which, again, like it kind of just kind of goes into this whole deconstructing thing where they select artists to come in and have a residency. And so there's I think there's probably like eight of us that are are in this residency program. And the whole um, idea is that you create a work, but it's a work in progress. Right. So um, meaning that um, you don't have to have it fully realized by the show date. They want to also kind of deconstruct that the audience can come in and see a work that's not finished, just see like the work that goes behind it. Because I think sometimes when the audience comes to see a fully realized, polished, well-rehearsed dance um, and, you know, with all these things and production and lights. So um, they're inviting the audience to come in to see like, hey, this is like hard work, <laughs> mm, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, and to show like where the piece is. The first show, um, there's two different um, program nights. So the nights that we're going to be 
Um, it's going to be uh, April 8th um, at 8 p.m. and then April 10th at 4 p.m. at the Windmill Art Center in Atlanta, in Atlanta Georgia. Yeah, so if you want to support the work, go to www.pldproject.com and you can see some of the previous works that I've done and also learn more about Sun Ra. And there is a donate link on there if you want to support the work. Um, we have a Fracture Atlas campaign that's who we're sponsor, are fiscally sponsored by. So all donations are tax deductible. Um, so please feel free to share a little piece of love for us. Um, all the donations go towards the artists. And um, supporting can also look like just coming to the show or sharing a post about it. Um, that's also support. And I, I value that very much so. So. Hope I see you there. Awesome. Well, check out pldproject.com. Yes. That's Peace, Love, and Dance yeah. Project. I'm, I, you know, the the alphabet, I'm going to start using P as in peace, L as in love, D as in dance. Yes, that just feels you better. see? Yeah, that feels much Change better. Change the world one person at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, India, it has been so amazing. Thank you again. Your energy you. is infectious yeah. and your Thank passion you. for what you do makes me... Um, just so excited to for you and then just uh, also for our listeners to to go reinvestigate dance in their own lives if they're not already probably more investigating it than I am and yes. uh, and I hope if you're in Atlanta Georgia or nearby come check out India's show yes please come by Hey, y'all, thank you so much for listening in. Um, we know you have a lot of choices when it comes to podcasts, and it truly means the world to us that you would spend your time with us. Yeah, so thank you so much. Hey, I mean, if you want to leave a five-star rating and mm -hmm. a review, feel free to do that. We'd really uh, appreciate that. And if you don't like it, just don't worry about it. Yeah. Just don't say anything. Yeah. But if you want to follow us, uh, you can you can follow us on Facebook at Ridiculous News Podcast, or you can email us at ridiculousnews at iheartmedia.com. We'd love to hear from you, your thoughts, anything you'd like us to cover, um, you know, and just to say hello. Thanks so much, y'all. Goodbye. Bye. Ridiculous News is hosted by Mark Kendall and Bill Worley. Executive producers are Ben Bolin and Noel Brown. Produced and edited by Tari Harrison. Research provided by Casey Willis. And theme music by Four Eyes and Dr. Delight. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.